This is Jeff. This is Brett. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk. What's up, Move Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 86. Bringing it home. Can you believe that, Jeff? Jeff, what were you doing in 1986? Man, did Back to the Future come out yet? Yes. Okay. Rewatching it? It was a year 1985. Yeah. Other thing I remember. I decided to turn a wagon into a bobsled. Oh, really? By having it dragged by a bicycle down a hill. Oh, Kids, don't try this goodness. at home. Wow. Let's just say the marks on my knees aren't from doing yard work. What did you, did you break anything? Um, I, I, def, I definitely probably tore my meniscus. <laughs> Wait, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Let's just say it, did, it didn't end well. Wait, and I, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> and I should have had pads. This is forgot uh, to use them. This is worth digging into a little deeper, Jeff. I, I, <laughs> I don't to, know, man. To me, right, so you you're, you started at the top of a hill. Mm-hmm. You're in your little radio flyer wagon, I, and your friend is on a bike. Yep, and and we hooked up we with hooked a rope. Up. Yeah, yeah. So we hooked up with rope. The um, you know, the handle to the wagon. Yeah. So yeah. we hooked we hooked that up and tied it to the seat oh, of the bike my. of the bicycle. Could you have been inspired by Jaws three? The one that took place in SeaWorld. Possible. Maybe. I think the timing Maybe. matches up there, perhaps. And then you t- he takes off, pulling you. Takes off. Well, it's, well he didn't take off. He Because he, I lived in a, a cul-de-sac. So, okay. So in the cul-de-sac was at the top of a hill. So <laughs> he's he goes in a circle yeah. and then turns and then starts to go down So he wanted hill. to build some momentum he, up exactly. in the cul Exactly. We're building up speed. Because that's what you're supposed to do. Because just fly, freewheeling down the hill wasn't going to be fast enough for him. Well, you. and nobody, nobody could push us. Right. right. So then... Right. You know, so, and so, so you start down the hill, and I don't know what happened. We must have hit a bump or something. Uh-huh. But like I flew in one direction, the the wagon flew in the other direction. Wow! And like I had rocks like embedded in my knees. And then you, yep. <laughs> you careened out of control, dude. I must have flew at least like six feet. Wow! I had some ill-conceived ideas, is, but I didn't feel anything. Yeah, that's good, Jeff. Last time. We talked about your theory, which was crazy, but just so crazy it might work. And uh, we got some feedback about that. So we're going to get to that later in the show. Uh-oh. Uh, before all that, we're also going to have- ears are burning. As always, YTD Watch. And then we're going to talk about, uh, man, crazy news breaking, Jeff, left and right. New stuff. We had a lot of news. And then the Star Wars- Vanity Fair special released this morning. Wow, Brad. And it is amazing. You know what? To all those people who say, how can you guys talk about Star Wars Jeff, every week? Right? You guys just don't know. People ask me that all the time. They really do. They're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what are you guys going to talk about after episode nine comes out? Then what are you going to do? It's going to be done. Are you kidding? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's exciting to even think about. And there's so much more coming. Can you say Star Wars land? Yeah, man. So anyway, I don't think we're going to run out anytime soon. We got Mando news, Jeff, the Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, And of course, we're going to talk about the biggest thing of the day. Mm -hmm. I got you. Yep. Uh, The biggest, Jeff, obviously the biggest thing people are talking about right now. That's coffee, by the way. Is uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. I have no clue what that is. Oh, right. No, never mind. It's the Vanity Fair thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, All so right. we'll talk about that. Uh, no, Jeff, there, there, there will be. This cracks me up because right. this Vanity Fair thing comes out today, and everyone's just, it's, 
when you describe to me your experience rolling down a hill out of yeah. control and you picture like that big cloud of dust like in a Roadrunner yep. cartoon, mm-hmm. like that's the internet today with the Star Wars Gathering Vanity around. Fair special, right? Okay, all right. And then like James Cameron's like, yeah, we're going to drop a trailer for another Terminator tomorrow. It's like, dude, maybe like- Really? Maybe you want to hold off? Yeah, yeah, I'm wow. actually excited about it though because he's involved again and okay. apparently they're going to disregard the last couple of movies. So it's picking up after- T two, which you know, which was the best. Wow! So I guess I'm, I guess I'm wrong. My that whole was point really was good. to make fun of the timing of this, and yet we're both excited, right? Um, okay. Social meteors, iTunes, search for the Skywalk Skies and Skywalk is in the thing you cook in, spelled W O K. Subscribe there so you never miss an episode, and leave we us a be review. Sizzling. We are sizzling at all times. Spotify, same deal. Uh, the Skywalk, three words. Disgracebook is facebook.com slash the Skywalk. Twitter, at the Skywalk. Instagram, at the Skywalk. And Jeffrey, tell us about Podomatic. Well, listeners, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's Star Wars Over Every time I think you can't hit a lower octave, I go lower. And a lower yeah, yeah. speed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm yeah. just giving the listeners what they want, Brad. Speaking of the listeners, Jeff, shout out to whoever's hitting that request more episodes button nice. on Podomatic. I've been getting notifications. It's like somebody hit a button. They're, so apparently they have some oh, Wait, wait, wait. You get an email when that happens? Yeah, I get an email. No and, way. Yeah, so to the to the Skywalk account, huh. and uh, which is still uh, Star Wars Over Coffee at Gmail or something. I don't know. Okay, yeah, who knows? But, uh, whatever right. it is. Yeah, yeah. Then um, I get a notification. It's like somebody's like dinging the button at the front desk looking for more episodes. So thank you. I mean, I feel loved, We Jeff. are there for you. We feel the love, listeners. I love you. I know. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, <laughs> we have a band. We have a band word for today. What say ye? Sometimes, as you know, we have band words or phrases, things that we don't want to keep beating into the ground. Yeah, keep it on the low. Sadly, Jeff, the the thing came back. Oh, the thing where I keep saying Jeff too much. Oh man. So, uh, like Han Solo in The Force Awakens, I have fallen back into some bad habits, and I'm going to work on it. Though we appreciate your your constructive feedback. Sorry, bro. So I'm going to call you my friend. Compadre, comrade, pal. Essay. Essay. (laughs) (laughs) Waititi Watch. You may know that Taika Waititi's character in Avengers Endgame happens to be wearing a pineapple romper. Did you know that that's what Taika Waititi wears in real life all the time? Shut up. Yeah. Speaking of Endgame, Tessa Thompson who plays Valkyrie in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to what she told the LA Times, Jeff. All right. I heard that a pitch has happened for another Thor film. I don't know how real that intel is, but I hear that the pitch has happened. I think the idea is Taika would come back. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, and by the way, Mm -hmm. Taika Waititi was in Boston this week. What? Was he? Filming what? Filming Free Guy. A movie with Ryan Sci-fi? Reynolds and I don't know, a whole bunch of other people. I think it is. I think it's like Ryan Reynolds wakes up. Is it up. like Running Man? Um, no. I don't think so. Okay. It sounds like he wakes up and realizes he's in a video game. Like he's a character in a game or something. I think they've done that before. Yeah, like Wreck-It Ralph, mm. but in real life. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Oh, but like funny. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Got to be funny. Because there's, there's a serious one with Gerard Butler where he he is in the video game. Oh, okay. No, this is, um, I think it's going to be funny. I mean, if Taika Waititi's not directing it, he's acting in it, which means it's got to be funny. 
Um, all right, let's move on because good times, good times. we really we have to get to uh, the Vanity Fair thing. But we got right. other stuff we want to mention first. Okay. Um, here's the news nugget. I thought it was a three piece news nugget, but it kept growing. So I don't know how many pieces are in this. All right. You know, this is more like school lunch where they hey. just throw a pile of nuggets on your plate. I got sauce for all that, <laughs> you man. Got sauce, Jeffrey. Uh, three new movie dates were announced. This Ooh. is old news for a lot of people. Okay. Uh, but as you may know. Uh, Disney announced their upcoming slate of movies for the next, like, half a century. No, mm. not really. Maybe 10 years, five years, three years. Um, December 16th, 2022. December 20, 2024. And December 18th, 2026. All Star Wars movie release dates. You know what that sounds like, Brett? Yeah. A steady diet of chicken fingers Ooh. with honey mustard. So we're saying so you were saying we're we're on board with the I'm saying volume. it's a good thing. Right. So, it's a good okay, thing, but yeah. it needs to be spaced out. Yeah. Sure, Can't sure, have sure, too sure. much at once. Right. I know, I agree. Don't rush it. Yeah. You're going to have stomach problems. See, that's what I like the most about this, Jeff. Because okay, here's what we know. They had confirmed that the first one of those movies, mm-hmm. the December 16th, 2022, is the first Benioff and Weiss movie. The guys who made Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, so we can expect water bottles and coffee cups in the background. So. Oh, snap. Those guys. Burn. No, nah, I don't really care. I, I don't really. I don't watch that. I don't know anything about those guys. But we know but that they're the first one. You, you, you're telling me you wouldn't be upset if you saw a Starbucks cup in yes. the middle of Star, Star Wars? Wars? Yes. Definitely. Come on now. Definitely. Definitely. That, that, that's not cool. Yeah. No. You can do that in anything else. But not Star Wars. Okay. All right. um, <laughs> it's now confirmed by okay. way of the Vanity Fair article today yep. that all three of these movies are theirs. They just confirmed that today. Yes, but yeah, who's directing? We don't know. Good question. Now, what I what I do like about this too, Jeff, mm-hmm. is that we're three and a half years away mm-hmm. from the first movie, which means they already have more time than anyone's been given to make a Star Wars since two thousand five. And we've said all along on this podcast, and when I say on this podcast, since episode one of this podcast, that these movies need more time to be made. And it looks like they're finally getting that to an extent, or mm-hmm. like they're getting a head start, even though once the first one comes out, it's only two years to the next one and two years to the one after that. But that's good. But they got a head start, you know? Yeah. All right. But hey, what about that movie that's coming out on December 20th, 2019? The Rise of Skywalker. John Williams is apparently really excited because he saw an early cut and he liked what he saw very much. Mm. Uh, via, okay, that's ranch sauce right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is like, duck, I this mean, is duck come sauce, on, dude. Jeff. Right, From, via ahead. the Times, yeah. via Fanta Tracks. Mm-hmm. And we get our daisy changed news sources. Here we go. Williams beams when he talks about war- watching an early cut of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which will bring the nine film space saga to an end this Christmas. He likes what he has seen, quote, very much. Okay, let me, let me let me put it this way. Wait, wait, wait. Hold. The, go ahead. He's beaming because he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah, Tell him the truth. Cut there and move on. <laughs> uh, Jeff, guess who else liked what he's seen? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and we're going to be equally dismissive of this quote. Oh, yeah. Uh, billionaire Bob Iger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make more money. During Disney's presentation at some kind of media summit, I'm not getting into that, mm-hmm. Iger said... It's our feeling that we've done a good job with the Star Wars movie with the Star Wars movies we've helped make. I haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker finished yet, but I'm confident based off the pieces that I've seen and the script that I read that it's going to be extremely popular. So, I I only have two takeaways from that. Uh-huh. 
And it's the last two words. Yeah. Extremely popular. Mm-hmm. He felt the need to say that. Yeah. And he wants to make more money. Now, um, do you think he's leaving anytime soon? Bob Iger? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, maybe cash out after Because you know one? I would. I would, too. Sell high, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not really selling anything, but, you know, get out while the getting's good. Well, I mean, buy more shares. Yeah. And especially if uh, Abigail Disney keeps I'm just saying. trolling him like she's been doing. Um, so, yeah, Jeff, I mean, if we can't believe the words of the billionaire who stands to profit the most from its potential success, then who can we believe? <laughs> Let's deviate away from the rise of Skywalker for a second. Speaking okay. of people we do believe, okay? Right. We don't believe John Williams yeah, or Bob yeah, yeah. Iger, we'll but you know who I believe, that. Jeff? Werner Herzog. Now, why is that? Because this dude's no nonsense. First of all, he's German. Okay. Um, Plus, with a name like Herzog, you got to live up to that. Yeah, he's a serious dude. Yeah. Okay, so you know what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. The, the, so, Werner Herzog... This is by way of Ryan Pearson of the Associated Press. Oh. Werner Herzog is calling The Mandalorian, quote, a phenomenal achievement. Wow. Uh, that Herz- sounds like Emmy talk. Herzog said he was impressed by the practical, real-world approach of The Mandalorian. Which is what I want. Oh, baby. You're speaking our language, Werner. You, 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 and it's English. You're talking to me. You're talking yeah. to me. Uh, here's what else it In says. In basic. Here's what he said. Mandalorian was filmed not like all the other Star Wars or other big event films, green screen, green screen everywhere, and the camera motion control moving there. All of a sudden, you have a phenomenal step forward. As an actor, you see the entire planet on which you are. You see the landscape. Man, I should really be reading this in his accent. Have you heard him talk, Jeff? It's amazing. I have not. The camera. Is he English? I mean, uh, you say he's German. German, so. German, yeah. It's, it's, it's I, can, I can't even do it. Oh. The camera. <laughs> that could even be handheld and move in between us, sees the same landscape. It's not green screen and artificiality. It brings movie making back to where it should be. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. You know what this confirms to me? Yeah. And I I just want to encourage our listeners on this point. Mm -hmm. It just tells me that for The Mandalorian, they're not mailing it in. No. Because you know that they could. So much love there, Jeff. They're so they're so dedicated to making it the best it can be. Absolutely. And to making it feel like a Star War. Um, and speaking of that, Jeff. Oh. This is the one quote I want to read from the Vanity Fair article. Okay. Uh, this was about the same thing, about filming on location. So if you've seen And just remind us, Brett. Yeah. The Vanity Fair hit the presses when? Um it hit the internet today. It actually will hit newsstands later this month or early June. It'll hopefully hit my front door like sooner than that because I have a subscription. Encased in plastic wrap. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They better not damage it. They damaged one of them that I've gotten in the past. Can you return them? Uh, Probably if you feel like it. Really? Yeah. I don't know. You really. So people still subscribe to magazines, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine? Unbelievable. Here's the thing about mail, Jeff. All right. <laughs> why don't... How much of your mail is actually real? Why doesn't the mail person pick up when they deliver? <laughs> right? Why is anybody going to the post office anymore? The, the guy's already coming to my house every day, and yet I got to make a special trip to, to you know, he's, it's like they're read only, you know? Hey, I'm wondering about the same functions in the Star Wars universe. Do you know why I was bringing this how up? Does, how does postal mail even work out there? Oh, I know. Does right? it? Does it? Do you, I think you just Things have to get go delivered. to... I think you just have to go to a marketplace on whatever planet you're on. Is there a Star Wars UPS? Unless you're on Coruscant because those people are rich. Oh, okay. So segueing back into the Vanity Fair thing. 
So here's what I'm going to read you a little excerpt of the article. It says, in a way, that's the whole point. You're out there so the world can get up in your grill and make its presence felt on film. And now we're talking about the filming on location. They're in the desert in Jordan, just like they were for, I believe, all the Tatooine stuff. And Okay. So um, same locale. And then uh, here's a quote from Oscar Isaac. It's the things that you can't anticipate, the imperfections. It's very difficult to design imperfection. And the imperfections that you have in these environments immediately create a sense of authenticity. You just believe it more. Mm. Right? Uh, And now here's another thing. Okay. When Isaac arrived in Wadi Rum, I guess that's where it's, wow, that sounds like a, I would drink that. For his first week of shooting, Abrams had set up a massive green screen in the middle of the desert. So naturally, Oscar Isaac's like, what the heck? We came all the way to the desert. To get in a to green, get on screen. green screen. Uh, and I was like, JJ, can I ask you a question? I noticed we're shooting on green screen. And he's like, so why the hell are we in the desert? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, because look, the way that the sand interacts with the light and the type of shots you would set up, if you were designing the shot on a computer, you would never even think to do that. There's something about the way that the light and the environment and everything plays together. It's that something, uh, now this is the writer, it's that something, the presence and the details and the analog imperfections of a real non-digital place that makes Star Wars so powerful. Boom, mic drop. Very good. Very good. But I've never questioned how J.J. captures film. Mm -hmm. To me, he's very good at that. Yeah. He's very good at melding the real with the unreal. Mm -hmm. That's not the issue. The issue is the writing. True. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, on on the plus side, how many times have you watched The Force Awakens, Jeff? Hmm. First of all, I know it's double digits. In total? Yeah. I'm thinking like 35. See? And that's my point. And and if they hadn't filmed stuff on location for that movie as well, Mm. and if you hadn't been sold that these are real places that they're in, do you think it would be that high? Because you've already said we both have problems with the writing, Mm. with the story. JJ's mythology usually doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, but all the places look real. Right. And that's what feels so good about it, yeah. right? And and I think um and, and if they can to me, if they can create something that feels real even when it's not, I'm fine with that too. Okay. We talked about um the bridge of Radis's ship yeah. in Rogue One. Being totally yeah. CG. I'm like, no way. Looks totally real, and that's fine because that's inside a spaceship. It's supposed to be super neat and clean, and it's in space, so there's really not a lot of lighting questions. Yeah. But I love the point that he's making here, which is like there are things things that you see in real life that you wouldn't have even even your imagination couldn't dream up i think that's why all of these vanity fair photos are gorgeous and to me the biggest thing yeah is the captions oh yeah i know or these this vanity fair article drop some tidbits bro yeah almost like the closest they get to spoilers are in the captions for very the photos, close right um let's talk about this one jeff of right. the knights of ren interesting the caption as you just referred to. Mm-hmm. It says, J.J. Abrams, alongside stunt coordinator Eunice Huthart, directs the Knights of Ren, elite fearsome enforcers of Kylo Ren's dark will. Mm. Sounds cool, man. Uh, what did you think of the picture, Jeff? I, you know, they're consistent with what we've seen before yes, in Ray's vision. But it was kind of street game. Yeah. And I, it did make me think of Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. One of the first questions that popped up into my mind when seeing this photo is, Brett, do you think that there's a hierarchy 
within within the Knights of Ren? The Knights of Ren. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, because they're all very distinct from each. Even though, so they all have the same kind of drab color scheme, right? Right. It's just kind of a charcoal. But there's got to be more than four. Uh, yeah. No, you can make out at least one, two, three, four, five in this picture. Oh no, six. Because there's a dude right in the foreground. Yeah, but are they all the Knights of Ren? There's I think a, they're. I think there's six of like thirty. There's at least six. Right. We don't know. And I, the, I think the article even referred to that that there could be more, because um, really based on the things that Luke said. We don't know. I'm just he, saying. Kylo went off with a handful of his students, he said, and we're oh. presuming that those so it are the could be of Okay, so it could be six. Yeah. Like, they look like they could be officers. Yeah. With, within the Knights of Ren. That's true. Yeah, so have they already spread out and recruited more? Right. Oh, Jeff, that's good speculation, man. Just Ooh, saying. That would be great. Now, I didn't think, um, w- when you first told me about this, yeah. I thought it was going to be spoilerific, but I don't think it really is. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's... Like, I'm looking at this photo. I'm like, okay, well, it does add to the story. So you didn't want to know what planet they were on. But I do you know this now? No. Okay. I still don't know. Okay. I don't think you would... But uh, I'm not sure it matters. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> so tell me. <laughs> the fact that it doesn't matter is the spoiler. It's not any of the planets that we thought. It's not a planet that we know. Oh, it's a new planet. It's a new planet. Well, then there you go. Right? Are you glad you knew that? Yeah. yeah see, that's, that's great to know. That's see? the thing that, that kind of drives us nuts about J.J. Abrams sometimes is he mm-hmm. keeps something a secret and then you find out it's not even a big deal. <laughs> so it's like, don't keep it a secret, which, uh, well, I mean, maybe oh. he's learning, right? Because it was revealed here. I hope I hope you're not uh, proselytizing on the, uh, the eventuality of the movie. <laughs> no, I mean. We thought it was a big secret, but now it's just not a big deal. Oh, Probably. Probably everything in the movie will be that way. Everything. Yeah. You're going to be like, oh, really? Yeah. Come on. Here's what I hope about the Knights of Ren. Okay, here we go. When I look at this picture, all I can think in my mind is J.J. Abrams is thinking about what Ryan Johnson did with Snoke's Praetorian Guard and how amazing that scene was. Mm. And he's got to somehow figure out a way to outdo it. Ooh. Right? One-upmanship? Yes. Okay. Don't you hope for that? Competition? That's I the see, healthy I competition you. I want to see, you know? I, I see your Praetorian Guard, and I raise you. JJ, I dare Knights you. of Ren. I dare you to outdo that scene. Jeff, this will be the scene on Netflix. You know when they say, do you want to watch that scene again? Because mm. it's so dope. They don't say all that. But there's a button. Have we talked about that? No. Yeah, there's a button on Netflix. So after, if you're watching a movie and an awesome scene happens, yeah. this little this little button pops up. That's like, do you want to watch that again? And it'll go back and just no play way. that scene. Yeah. And in The Last so Jedi. So you can have favorite scenes yeah, well, in Netflix? A bookmark of favorite, favorite scenes? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's really just, it's limited to but that. It's just within the movie. Like Netflix decides, hey, we're pretty sure this you think cool that scene spot. was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that you might want to go back and no watch way. it again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, I hope that scene is worthy of the button, it's Jeff. It's getting better and better. Yeah, man. Now, do you think that will be in Disney Flicks? Oh, I think if they're smart, and I think they are, I think, I think it yeah, will. I think they know. They know how to copy good things. Yep. Uh, the next thing is Carrie Russell as the masked scoundrel Zori Bliss. Saw that too. I love these last names, Jeff. Don't care. Do you remember Carl Weathers' name in The Mandalorian? <laughs> Grief. Grief. Yeah. We got Grief. We got Bliss. Be amazing if those two were connected somehow. All right. Anyways. Okay. Moving so moving on. on to this picture of Zori Bliss. Okay. Carrie Russell. Nice. The waitress. Outfit. Uh, seen, I like it. Seen in the thieves' quarter of the snow-dusted world, mm-hmm. Kijimi. Mm. She seems formidable. Yes, she does. And she's been on talk shows, Jeff, talking about how awesome her costume is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 
Sure is. Uh, Force order leaders, General. Although the jury's out on what's her name, but keep going. Okay. General Huxtable, <laughs> our old friend, shout out Allie, mm-hmm. and Allegiant General Pride. We got pride, we got grief, we got bliss. Oh, the parade goes on. On the bridge of Kylo Ren's destroyer. Richard E. Grant looks really serious in this picture, which is kind of hilarious. I saw that. Because if you ever watch an interview with him, he's such a goofball. Okay. And I love him. Is he higher ranking or lower ranking? Oh, I don't know. So if Hux is... um, Because, you know, Hux doesn't really like to play with Kylo. That depends how far down Kylo has demoted him. Right. (laughs) After The Last Jedi. Let's see, if Hux is a general... And this guy's an allegiant general. Is that higher? I would say higher. I mean, I think they just made that up, but I'm assuming it's higher. It's like being a moff and then grand, grand moff. moff. Good call, Jeff. Imitation. Moff, grief, best form of flattery. Pride. Um, then you have desert power. Uh, Chewbacca and C-3PO and Finn await the call to action for a chase scene. That looks super, super dope. Okay. They're standing in front of this canyon. Yeah, I saw that. They've got yeah. a speeder or a little tug ship speeder or something. Oh, man. It just looks amazing. C-3PO's in the shot. <clears throat> got you. C-3PO in the desert takes me to it my It just makes place. sense. It just makes me happy. Then we have horsing around Finn and new ally Jaina. Because you know that droid knows too much. Jaina or Jana? I forget what they said. Atop Hardy Orbox, which are these horse thingies. And they filmed them on real horses, which I think is really cool. And then they just kind of CG the head. Now, I can tell you right now, Brett. Yeah. I'm going to be really, really mad Mm -hmm. if one of these two things happen. Uh Uh-oh. I know where you're going. I don't think you do. (laughs) Okay. I I think you do for one. Okay. But I don't think you do for for the second. All right. So tell me the one you think I know. The one I think you know, these two better not be related. Yeah. That's where I thought you were going. Better not be. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be, be pissed. If anything, I think I think it's All more right, likely come on. that I think it's more likely there's romance there. And that's number two. Oh no, you don't want that one either. Absolutely not. Oh boy, Jeff. like dude, like I don't need see Finn. It, he's he's on the B team. Mm-hmm. We don't care about your romance, bro. Like Wait. this is this is about the Skywalkers. I think John Boyega would hate everything you're saying right now, Jeff. Nope. He 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 doesn't need <laughs> any romance at all. You're calling him a B character. Yep. You're telling him he can't be related to anyone. Nope. But you're also telling him he can't be in love with anyone. Yep. Jeez, Jeff, you're so hard on him. Maybe you're his dad. You're his harsh dad who won't let him have any fun. No, I'm the un- <laughs> I'm, I'm Uncle Owen. You're, oh, you're the mean uncle who won't let him have any fun. <laughs> but I want to go to Toshi Station. Kylo Ren and Rey battle it out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. Their forced connection, what Driver calls their maybe bond mm-hmm. will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed jeff is okay. rolling his eyes but jeff yeah yeah this may confirm your theory i know i know but it it, it could go that that quote can go in so many different ways yeah. and i would like you to look at brett because you are an authority on this more so than me okay has there ever been misdirection put in the vanity fair article that's a good, a that's Star a Wars good question, and I don't know off the top of my head. But I feel like there's been a very a general cloud of misdirection. Because my on antennas with are these. going up for this. Yeah, that could mean anything. For for his quote <clears throat> in particular, <clears throat> yeah, definite antennas for, right. B, for the BS meter. Uh, then we have a historic reunion. Lando Calrissian retakes the helm of the Millennium Falcon, That's joined right, by Poe Dameron, Chewbacca, Dio, and Lando over he's my a, dead body. Oh, he's a survivor, says Billy D. Williams of Lando. That's what I'm talking about. I think that shot looks great. Hey, he and you know what? 
He's one of the few characters in Star Wars yeah. that has a plan. That's yeah, I hope so. So I'm looking dude, dude. Does I'm he, looking Jeff? Oh. You gotta rewatch Empire Man. Well, so no, I, saw, I know I he Empire, did back then. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like But see, in, in in Empire and Return of the Jedi, everybody had a plan. And then in, by the time they get to Force Awakens, no one has a plan. True. Yeah. But that's why they need a plan. Okay. All right. And you think he's the guy that has it? I'm just I'm not saying he has it. Yeah. But I know he has a plan. And especially for himself. Yeah. Because he's a survivor. Here's what I know. All right. He definitely had that yellow shirt let out a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, next photo is uh, <laughs> Jordanian locals play the Aki Aki, natives of the planet Pasana. Mm. They look really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I very, love that picture. Very bright and colorful. Mm. Um, that's what I want to see more of in my Star Wars, Jeff. Color. Uh, then we have John, composer John Williams conducting the Star Wars score. Very cool. Drawing on the themes and motifs he has woven across four decades. Not surprising. I didn't think there would ever be a second film, he says. Oh, that's cute, John. Uh, the next photo. We should have showed the cane. Is Mark Hamill as Luke with R2-D2. Mm. Jeff, I don't know why. Flashback? I don't know. This does not appear to be the same fiery scene. Let me see. That we've seen in The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi. It looks different. Oh, and look look at his beard and his no, outfit. No, no, no. That could be like after. But that's not the stuff that he was wearing. You remember Are you sure? when Kylo went bananas in the, in, in the Last Jedi? Here you go. In the Last Jedi flashback, Luke had that weird bowl cut. No, no, no. This is how he looked at the end of Force Awakens. Right. Yeah. But it's not how he looked in the flashback. I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh. He had short hair then. Yeah. He did. You're right. You're yep. right. Yeah. But, mm. but then here's the thing. This is a photo shoot by Annie Leibovitz, Leibovitz, whatever, famous photographer. Yeah, no. And I, so I the, think he's a force ghost there. Right. So it could just be that they have not applied the blue haze filter in Photoshop yet. Um, so, Jeff, I think these are beautiful. Okay. They have me more excited than I was even after watching the trailer mm -hmm. because, as you know, I was put off a little bit by the Palpatine thing and wasn't entirely sold with that whole thing yeah. until I heard your theory, and that made it a little better. Well, in the quote that J.J. Abrams says he wants to connect it. Yes. He wants to connect the prequels. Right. With the OG. Yep. With the sequel. Yeah. And if you read this whole Vanity Fair article, he talks about that a lot. Like wanting to bring everything together in a way that fits together. Fits. Yeah, Jeff. So, hey. All I'm saying. That segues us nicely into your theory. So, our last yes, episode. Brett, with trepidation. Uh-huh. I'm worried because I don't want to raise the expectations of our <laughs> listeners. However, I think I've inadvertently done so yeah. by releasing my theory this early. Well, I told you that your theory raised my expectations. I'm so sorry. I'll never forgive you for that. I apologize, yeah. listeners. I'm going to blame all of my disappointment on Jeff. But I don't care because it's awesome. Then I'm going to start an online petition that Jeff never share a theory again. <laughs> um Here's At least in the Star Wars universe. I got a couple of responses. We got a couple of responses on Facebook now, to your Brett, theory. are these real? These are real. Yeah, yeah. Here they are. They're not from like random people. Let Do you see. want to read them? Uh, so I have they, not seen them. I've never out, looked at it. Leave out the last names. <clears throat> but you can say the first names. So tell so us the So we got one from Rui. 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 Yep. And we have one from Jack. Yep. I've never met either of these two ever. Now, I know them through Facebook and they're both So you awesome do know guys. them? Yes. I love uh -oh. them both. Yeah. They're they're super supportive of the okay, show. Okay, I still I've still never met them. Nope. Okay. So right. tell us what Rui said, Jeff. All right. So Rui, he said, This theory in various forms 
I wasn't very keen on around the time after The Force Awakens. But since the events of The Last Jedi, I feel some of these theories I have since warmed up to, including this one. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Should we catch the listeners up on what your theory is, Jeff? Can you, can you give us the synopsis in a nutshell? So here's the uh, two-minute version. Yeah. How about the 30 second? 30 second. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. We don't want to go too let's long, break Jeff. it down. We don't want to go too long. All right. So the 30 second version is Ray is a clone that it comes from the DNA of Luke Skywalker from his hand that was chopped off by Darth Vader. Yeah. And that she is a clone that has been infused with the force by Palpatine and that she is plan B yep. for in case Skywalker doesn't work out. Yep. The secession plan for Emperor Palpatine. Because Palpatine always Jeff, had a plan. That was great. That took you like 15 seconds. Yep. That was really good. And if any of that sounds wild and crazy to you, listener, go back and listen to episode 85 because Jeff explains it very well. In detail. He's got me convinced. See, I, and, and as I said in that episode, I hope this is the way they go because this does make things. I was watching The Force Awakens again the other day. Okay. Me, and, I um, was too. I was too. I'm up, I'm up over probably 35 too. Okay. Um, and man, I just kept thinking, man, if Jeff if Jeff's theory is true, this movie is better right now. Already. And it's already been dude, it makes see, and this is the thing. Yeah. So since I since I've written down the theory, uh-huh. I've watched every single episode yep. that exists so far. Wow. And it makes every movie better. Yeah. Yeah. Each one. Oh, and here's the funny thing about the Vanity Fair article, too, Jeff. All right, here we go. They keep saying in that article, like, oh, maybe more of this was planned all along than you think. Now, I still don't believe them because we know it wasn't. Mm. We know it wasn't. You cannot Jedi mind trick us into thinking you knew where this was going all along. Unless. The only thing I believe is what Adam Driver said. Okay. He said that when he first met with JJ, he had a pretty clear plan for the character arc of Kylo Ren. He knew where he was going to end up. But that means more like fundamentally. What okay. is his character arc? Is it okay. redemption or whatever? Or yeah, is it whatever? Not? Whatever it is. It's that. Okay. But this whole thing about making things make sense, I don't believe there was any more of a plan in place than we already thought, which was basically none. J.J. <laughs> Abrams wrote his movie. No, <laughs> okay, no, I don't right, even mean this right. in a bad way, okay, Jeff. You know, I this, got you. I got this you. is the way they chose to do it. J.J. Right. writes a movie mm-hmm. and then he hands it off to Ryan Johnson. On purpose. He had ideas yep. and said, you know, I was thinking maybe this is where things are going to go with Ray eventually or with Kylo or whatever, but really, this is your thing. Do what you want. And then in this article, JJ talks about that and said he was basically inspired by the things that Ryan Johnson did because they were bold and he just followed his instincts and that JJ's trying to do that more on this movie. But they're also mm. trying to convince us that there was this whole thing that was worked out all along. Like we're going to get to the end of Ocean's Eleven and be like, oh, Rocky. And we're not. <laughs> you know? Okay. First of all, it only yeah. took Ocean. Yeah. One movie to do that. Right. And it shouldn't take three. Right. And yep. anytime you do a handoff, mm-hmm. there's going to be complications. Yeah, right. If you don't pass it correctly, mm-hmm. there might be some juggling. You can still finish the race. Yeah. However, there are some bumps when you're trying to hand it off and the guy doesn't grab it right away. Right. And doesn't grab it correctly. Right, right. And the thing is, now you have two options, right? Which yeah. is like, one, I take the baton and I go where it leads me. Two is I try to fit it back into the box I had it in before I handed it off in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope that JJ doesn't do. But it sounds like, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to need a little bit of both. 
Jeff, here's what, here's what Jack had to say about your theory. Oh, yeah. There was a second comment. This is very brief. Right. I could maybe get behind it. It all depends on execution in the film. Ah. So he's, you know, he's taking our, our approach that we take with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Like, you know what? Show me. This is why on our Skywalk scale, okay. for me currently, this mm. is a, at least a two and a half drink movie <laughs> because you can't, Already? you can't go into Dude, this movie with like crazy expectations, you know? Well, how long is it going to be? It's probably going to be two and a half hours. You think so? Yeah. You don't I think, think it'll be three? I think they even said it's going to be really long. Uh, I don't know. It could be. Could be. No. I. How long was Endgame? I'm almost willing to guarantee it won't be three. I think really? t- 245 is possible. 245, I think, is the longest this movie can be. Huh. Three, I think, is completely out of the question. And you want to know why? Bob Iger. Excellent. They've done all the cost analysis. Good. Oh, because yeah. that's the other point. They got Moneyball going, really, Jeff. You really think he's ha- he has input? Bob Iger? Yeah. Certain little things like that I do. I, really? and, and, and honestly, I don't, think, I don't think he meddles in this stuff at all. I mean, I think, I think they could just get things. The result of The, the Last Jedi. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that Bob Iger wasn't just like, even though critics loved it and a lot of fans love it, he saw this divide. He's losing a lot of the demographic that he wants to keep around. Okay. And there's no doubt in my mind he's just like, JJ, look. Come on, like <laughs> you you know what to do, right? And the, okay. and the very fact okay. that they brought JJ in, yeah, 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 is, is I got you know you. indicative like, that please, like, man, just make it work. Just you know when we brought you in for the Force Awakens because we knew you could successfully restart a franchise and make two billion dollars or whatever, and you did. Yep. And you know, remember what you did? Like do that again. <laughs> So there's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, that is his job, right? I mean, I'm on board. He, you, you can't be the billionaire that runs everything and not say anything. True. And, and, and to his credit, I think he lays off the specifics of the story in the movie. Mm. He might just say, you know, I mean, there, I think there are general things that these executives do. Like the good ones might say, you know what? Have more, like make it the cast more diverse. I'm not going to tell you the story. Just a general suggestion. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you know what? You got 15 white people already. Maybe you could have <laughs> one black person. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who, who knows? knows? Go crazy. <laughs> oh man! Throw an Asian in there. You're, throw, you, you're you just know? thinking outside wait, the box wait, 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 over wait. here. Maybe even an Asian woman. Stop it! Stop! No. Okay. You, you know you're right, JJ. Maybe I went too far with that one. <laughs> um, Jeff, I want to say <laughs> some things great. about. That was great, man. <laughs> I feel like I was in the room. Do you feel like we successfully recreated yeah, yeah. one of those <laughs> just that one, that one moment? All right, this is just so exciting, Jeff. What are yeah. we going to talk about after episode nine comes out? I don't Who know. Who knows? Jeez. Uh, here are my res- here's my response to your theory, Jeff. I have okay. some questions for you. All I have right. some statements first, actually. Okay. Statements. Statement number one. Your theory could also explain why Ray does so many palp stabs in The Force Awakens. Yes, and that was mentioned a few times after The Force Awakens. Yeah. Everyone noticed, they're like, why is her fighting right. style similar to Palpatine? Yeah, ain't nobody ever well, done that before. Maybe she, maybe she was instilled with that knowledge yep. directly from him. Yeah, that would explain it. Um, another one. The reason why R2 wakes up only when Ray is in the vicinity for the first time at the end of The Force Awakens. So here's my thing. Wait. Is she? See, now we got to go back and rewatch. Yes, she is. I yeah, because it's when they come in, back. Yeah, I thought and that's she when was he in goes, the room. Yeah, she's yeah. around. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so here's my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think R2-D2 is a very smart droid. Yeah. Is it possible that he actually knows when Luke is in the room? It's, it's possible. Right? It's possible. 
How does he know that Luke is? Remember when he was creeping on Luke in the Millennium Falcon? I'm just saying, Jedi, right? Yeah. So like weirdo. I'm just saying he knows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So could it be that it's also a DNA thing? Maybe. See, again, it would support your theory. Right. Um, Here's my question, Jeff. Okay. Here we go. If she's a clone of Luke, why is she a girl? And the only thing I would say Mm -hmm. is because of the experimentation. Uh-huh. And because he's trying something new, which is infusing a clone with the Force, yep. it shows that Palpatine doesn't have full control. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So even though he manipulated the Force to create Anakin Skywalker, he wasn't fully in control of who Anakin Skywalker would become. True. And what he would develop into. True. Now, he tried as yep. hard as he could. Yep. But at the end of the day... Footnote... Return of the Jedi. Right. At the end of the the day, Return of the Jedi still happened. Right, exactly. So all I'm saying is in the same scenario, can the Force decide, you know what? The will of the Force had decided Mm -hmm. this is going to be a girl, it's going to awaken, and you won't be able to influence it to the dark. Right. It'll automatically be influenced to the light because of the counterbalance of Kylo Ren. There you go. Oh, and I have another thing to mention about that. Okay. Um, but before I do, Jeff, yes. another question. All Here's right. the only question I think is relevant. All right. The issue of the of the timing. All right. Is yes, Ray old enough this. to yeah. have been created by a living Palpatine? So Palpatine presumably mm-hmm. dies yes. at the end of Return of the Jedi. I understand. And then is it like 30 years or so that pass? Or could it be a little Possibly. less? I think it's less. I think it's less than 30. And Ray looks like she's supposed to be maybe 20 years she's old in The Force 20. Awakens. Yeah. I, I feel like she's at least 20 in The in the Force Awakens. So if your theory is right, do you think that's the route that they go to explain it? Is just say, yes, she is whatever age it is from the end of Jedi to the beginning of Force Awakens. That's how old she is. Like Palpatine created her just before he kicked the bucket. My explanation for this is outside of the movies. Okay. In the expanded universe, um, there are multiple bad guys who are using, you know, laboratories that are automated. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Laboratories that are automated to kick in some type of scenario yep. once an event happens. So basically you're saying that Ray is a scheduled tweet. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. All right. Now that, that That's what totally I'm answers my question. Yeah. All right. Next so thing. Can she, if she, because yeah. again, let's not forget, they create clones on a schedule, man. Like yeah. they, they're from, they're, they're literally coming from machines. Yeah. So in that sense, wouldn't there be a program, a schedule to say, this is when, when I want you to do this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. So here's my Palpatine last. Palpatine has a plan. Here's my last thing. And, I, and this, was, this is another thing that got me more excited for your theory, okay. should it be true, is the possibility awesome. of Ray being Palpatine's contingency plan to combat a good Skywalker prodigy. So could it be that if your theory is true, his thing is like, all right, in case the Skywalkers win, in case they defeat me, I need an evil seed to carry on my legacy. Absolutely. But because Kylo flipped, then Ray flipped back to good. I think that's exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And I think that would be amazing, Jeff. And here's the thing about and if, this is my point. Yeah, like, this is, yeah. this, to me, that's what all this is about. You can't control it. You can't control it. When you try to manipulate the force, you can't control it. You don't get what you want. The thing I think would be great about that mm. is that then that could become the focal point 
the the core question of this movie is the whole thing of predetermination. Yes. Right? Because now you're telling Ray, you were created to be bad. That's who you are. Yeah. Do you decide who you are or has it already been decided for you? And isn't that the point of Luke Skywalker? Yeah. So again, I just I just hope this is all true. Do it. Hey, uh, for the next episode, maybe we'll go back to our Solo Plus project. Hey, now. That we talked about two episodes back. Uh, just to catch people up real quick, we talked about bringing... What the you so- should film. What? Oh, yeah. You, Jeff wants me to film. I can't film it, Jeff. But here's what we do <laughs> want to do. So we want to take the Solo movie. Yes. And we want to carry it on on the Disney Plus platform. As a TV show. As its own show. A, a big deal show like The Mandalorian. Yeah, not, not so small potatoes. I got some ideas, Jeff, for who would make that show. Really? And then we'll get the listeners to weigh in, too. Tell us who you think should helm Solo Plus, a Star Wars story on Disney+. And when Plus. you say helm, you mean similar to Jon Favreau? Uh, yeah, like, I mean, d- different, but that different, idea. But similar right? The to person running the show. As far as his position. Maybe, like, writing it, producing it. Okay, okay. This is Jeff. This is Brett. And we're just talking about Star Wars all the time on the Skywalk.